Welcome to Five Star Weekly, a 37-year-old rumored Argentine and a player who shares a name with a Pokemon. We discuss all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Some interesting bits of news this week, so let's get into it. So Paul McDonough, formerly of Inter-Miami and also formerly of LA United, of course, now has officially returned. It's been announced he will return as a vice president of Atlanta United. He will pretty much return to his post that he had currently, uh, well, previously rather, at Atlanta United, and he will be working under Carlos Bocanegra and, of course, Darren Eels. But, uh, yeah, the former person that was pretty much doing a little bit of what McDonough was doing at Atlanta United, Chase Falavine, uh, who was the director of player administration, has officially left his post as well, according to Mike Conti. So, I mean, yeah, Paul McDonough returning. Uh, let's get your your you know thoughts first on uh, you know what you think of him returning. Getting the band back together, basically, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, for a sense of continuity. Um, obviously, you know, anybody who's associated with the first couple of years is going to be uh, well regarded for Atlanta United, uh, and he certainly was a big part of that. Um, in terms, I you know. The details of his role, I can't necessarily speak to that. I imagine, um, you know, he plays a key part in putting the roster together, figuring out salary and all that. Um, but, I mean, I think no, I have nothing but, I guess, positive feelings about it. You know, it's, to me, there's no reason why it wouldn't work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting because, yeah, he's a guy that's uh, very, very familiar with the MLS, uh, you know, kind of, uh allocation money gam tam uh all that um and navigating that for us uh definitely he was kind of a person that was relied on uh i think what's interesting is the kind of departure from inter miami after only one year and uh where he was the president of the operations there and yeah it seems like david beckham has gone a different direction uh, with uh, Phil Neville, that's uh, a whole different thing. But um, yeah, very interesting. I get, seems like Beckham's probably a little bit more hands-on this year, and uh, so McDonough maybe uh, there was some hearsay about them maybe clashing heads a little bit, and it'll be very interesting who's going to be doing their you know what Paul McDonough is really good at, and which is. The MLS salary structures, and yeah, that's going to be, uh, you know, that's their problem, really. For us, uh, it, I think having someone really good with those uh, numbers helped us get our championship team, essentially. And that's someone that's, uh, you know, in any regard will always be uh, someone that's highly lauded. And so uh, good to see Paul McDonough back. Uh, hopefully he can bring us back some of that magic where, yeah, like you were saying, the whole band is back together. It's uh for me, it's almost even like uh you know the beginning of uh, Mighty Ducks D two uh, when <laughs> all of them were uh, rollerblading through the town and they're like you know they find all their friends and this is like 
that type of situation. They're like rolling through the streets and it's like, oh, Paul McDonough, come on back, man. You know, so uh, <laughs> this is a, a good good thing in my, my opinion. Whether, you know, he like you were saying, how big of a hand he actually had in every single move. I think just having the whole team kind of, uh, you know, running on uh, kind of full cylinder is something that uh, is a wise move. Let's see if it works, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, anyway, let's move on to some transfer rumors this week. And Cesar Luis Merlo, who always reputable, he says that Lisandro Lopez or Licha Lopez uh, will reportedly announce his departure uh, from the club that he's at, Racing Club, and uh, agreed to a one-year deal with Atlanta United. And yes, there was a press conference on Tuesday that uh, he announced his departure, Lopez, and he was a little coy about uh, you know being uh, kind of linked with LA United. And he pretty much did not say if he was or wasn't, but he did say that he was uh, talking with an MLS club. But uh, I suspect it probably would be announced on Friday, the the old good old Friday news dump. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of speculation whether he would take up an international spot, TAM money. Uh, there's some, you know, uh, there's some posthumous tweets from some anonymous MLS accounts that were getting a little bit of stick on Twitter. That's probably rightfully so because Felipe Cardenas of The Athletic, he said, according to his sources, that Lisandro Lopez will sign a one-year deal and occupy a supplemental roster spot. Uh, meaning that Lopez would qualify as a senior minimum salary player, uh, and that's 81375 in 2020. So that means, yeah, that's you know very little money. That's not definitely not TAM money. Uh, that would be very, very interesting uh, for a guy that has oodles of experiment, uh, experience and also not only in South America but in Europe as well with Porto, with Olympic Lyon, with uh, also Al Garrafa, and in Brazil with Internacional, and of course, Racing Club. Uh, and he's also got seven caps for the Argentinian national team. So what do you think Lopez brings to this squad if he is announced, if the rumors are true? Um, I think he'd hit the nail on the head with the experience, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's... I think that's the first thing that jumps out. Um, his resume, I think, is is fairly good. Um, you know, spending uh, playing a lot of playing, having a lot of appearances. Excuse me for Porto and Leon, as you mentioned, um, and you know, a handful of appearances for Argentina. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he has left in the tank. I mean, he's obviously still playing, um, and Argentina is a pretty good league. Um, so, but I think, yeah, the experience. Uh, there's also I saw, I forget who said this, but, uh, you know, the fact that he can play as a second striker um, gives and say uh, the possibility of a different look. Um, in terms of profile, he seems kind of like Eric Lopez, you know, so it'll be uh, maybe it's a way for him to, to kind of help Lopez, Eric Lopez. Yeah, mentor um, him a little bit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mentor him into, into the role, you know, like learn things from him and so on. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing is, uh, the fact that he takes up an internationals, uh, slot, but possibly, you know, it's, we don't know. Okay. But. So, 
so that's that's interesting right because uh, if he doesn't take up an international slot then i you know it's almost like why not you know like, right um i mean but it's, think, it's a yeah. high likelihood that he would it's just a matter of like you know uh there are a lot of people uh that have always said that you shouldn't worry about international spots we always find a way to kind of free one up so you know it, it really <laughs> really could be a worry maybe uh but i think in the long run i think we always find the spots that we need if we're going to bring in a certain type of player that's an international player I think uh, what this move says to me more more than anything else is that they're back in the manager. You know what I mean? I have to believe that Ensei is very much on board with this move. Uh, this profile player, it certainly makes sense for him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that's definitely a good sign as well, you know, to see the front office being proactive um, in the market and, you know, like I said, getting a player that the manager wants. Right. And so, uh, you know, in terms of the type of player he is, he is a guy that can hold up the play pretty well uh, and is also adept at passing from that uh, and it's pretty decent finisher. Uh, he had four goals in 18 appearances uh, with two appearances off the bench for Rossing Club. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's a guy that, um, you know, probably brings in others into the game and that's something that uh, could free up a, uh, a Jose Martinez if we were to play them both up top together which has been a feature in Gabriel Hainsey's uh, teams before playing two up top so you know that could be something that uh, we see and like you were saying uh, mentoring Eric Lopez but also maybe mentoring a Jackson Conway as well and other strikers on the squad uh, does that mean the end of Adam John at LA United that probably probably does even though uh, I think, uh, yeah, he's 5'9", which, uh, you know, big difference from 6'4", Adam John, but still, right. uh, you know, he probably, uh, in terms of playing time, won't be playing that much. He, he probably could be loaned to the twos or whatnot, but you probably want Jackson Conway and Mackie Jopp to uh, be able to get the bulk of that playing time there and develop. Exactly. So... It'll be very interesting what happens to John, but uh, I think yeah. all in all, you know, yeah, there's some kind of reticence with the international spot, but like I said, uh, it's not a huge, huge worry. You know, we always tend to find something uh, within the the roster structure there. But uh, so let's move on to another transfer rumor, and according to Franco Figalo. Uh, Gabriel Hainze wants to bring in a 19-year-old Argentine midfielder named Franco Ibarra from Argentino Juniors. And uh, he's a defensive midfielder, but he doesn't have a ton of first-team experience. He has pretty much under 10 uh, appearances. And uh, yeah, so we've been keeping an eye on it. And a new one came in uh According to Alejandro Giordano, who is a ESPN producer in Argentina, and he says that there are advanced negotiations uh, for a bar of for Atlanta United uh, to Atlanta United, and that the offer would be more than three million and a twenty percent sell-on fee. Well, you know that's the thing. You know Franco Ibarra. Not only are these links and sources a little bit iffy, but uh, yeah, he isn't very accomplished uh and so you know could this be more of a atlanta united 2 project or is it an atlanta united first team 
we don't really know. But what are your thoughts on this just from hearing that? So I will say, um, I know that not having a lot of uh, first team experience might give uh, some people pause. But we've seen that kind of we've seen that kind of approach from in other leagues, you know what I mean, or from other teams. I mean, like MLS players are now um, you're starting to see a few of them move to Europe despite not playing much for their MLS team. And so I think that um, I think scouting is probably on another level at this point with pretty much any of these clubs. You know, I think it's something that's highly valued. And uh, you know, if you've got the if you've got the eyes on on the talent. Um, you know whether that means like viewing academy games or you know looking up uh profiles of players because that's easier to do now um you know i that to me like there's just there has to be a reason that you know why they if supposedly supposedly but mm-hmm. if they do rate him uh there has to be a reason why i mean and say again probably is a big part of um why la united are linked to or possibly interested in this player mm-hmm. um and you know, in terms of how the move works out, I mean, I, you know, maybe he does, yeah, maybe he splits some time with LA United two and LA United to start off with or to help settle. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like if you, uh, I think getting a player at the at that age, eighteen or nineteen years old, is not necessarily a bad move for an MLS team. Uh, we've already seen that with Eric Lopez, but right. I mean, and we'll we'll see how that works out of course but you know i think the idea behind it develop him for a few years and then he either becomes a fixture in the team or he becomes good enough to where he can be moved on um i think that's a win-win for the club either way so obviously you have to hope that they're um identifying that that the talent that they're identifying is legitimate um but i think the payoff you know if it works out can be very good so um mm. uh, it's it's an interesting one i mean I, I would like we would like to see what we're getting you know beforehand um so in this case there's not going to be that many uh that much game time or highlights available to us so it's just one of those things where we kind of have to trust the club on this one if they are interested in this player right and so yeah so if reportedly we are in on this player i mean three million seems a little high for me in terms of uh, a 19 year old that doesn't really have a ton of you know, match experience uh, with the first team. So, yeah, for me, I'm very reticent to believe these rumors. Um, Yeah, they're just... Something's off a little bit about it, but stranger things have happened. But uh, I think... I think you're probably right about Gabriel Hainze being the, uh, the person that maybe has the eye on this player because... I don't think it's, uh, you know, scouting really, per se, uh, like where scouts have actually been able to see him in person for various sure. reasons, including the pandemic. So it's one of sure. those, uh, I think it's definitely, you know, if it is a Hainsey type of uh, recommendation. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, moving on to LA United signing a new homegrown player, and it is Mashap Chol or Machop Chol, however you want to pronounce it, but uh, he was original member of the LA United Academy U18s in the inaugural 2016-2017 season. He played the last four seasons at Wake Forest. Uh, He's 22, he's born in Sudan, and he emigrated with his family to the United States in 2000. Uh, He's a four-year letterman at Wake He played 65 games with 42 starts and scored 13 goals and added 17 assists. And during this past uh, COVID-shortened season in 2020, he 
started eight games and scored three goals and two assists. He's a forward midfielder. Uh, did I mention he is 6'2 <laughs> and lanky, but uh, a guy that definitely uh, looks like he's got you know some pace. He's got definitely the height. Uh, he could definitely, I think, be one for the future. Although he is one uh, at 22, he's got to figure it out pretty soon as well. Uh, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on Chol? Uh, and also, of course, okay, there's a obligatory Pokemon reference here. Machop is a Pokemon character, and there's my obligatory mention because I don't really care about Pokemon. But uh, yeah, anyway. What are your thoughts? <laughs> First of all, did you have a childhood? Second of all, <laughs> yes, um, I did. Uh, so... Just not Pokemon. <laughs> not my style. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, with players that uh, actually play the full four years of college, right? I, I think at this point uh, we've kind of viewed those players as maybe having a different ceiling you know um he's probably not one that's gonna um become a star or anything like that but i mean you know i think he's definitely a prospect worth keeping an eye on i mean at the end of the day you know you need to in order to like build out a squad i think you do have to turn to the academy for players that can play roles and uh so it'll be interesting to see if chol can settle into his role especially as you mentioned at his age but um Definitely an interesting profile with the height, the athleticism, um, the fact that he can get goals. If he, you know, if he plays midfield, he can get goals from midfield. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see see him spend some time with the twos this season if he can. I don't know if um, his homegrown status affects that, but um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, a curious prospect, I would say that. Yeah, and it's also, uh, you know, there are guys that have played. Uh, you know, I think at least three or four years in college and have done well in the league. Uh, I think most notably, even for us, a Julian Gressel. So, you know, there's a little bit of a, if he's a finished product in a sense, uh, maybe he can come in and, you know, contribute pretty quickly because there's a little bit less of a ramp up per se. But uh, yeah, what you're saying about the ceiling might hold true in terms of, yeah, what exactly he ultimately can bring. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the MLS Super Draft. Uh, it is being held on Thursday. And uh, full transparency, we are filming before that. So we will not know who Atlanta United picks. But uh, they do have the fifth pick in the first round, the 32nd pick in the second round, and the 59th pick in the third round. But uh, there are some interesting names on the board. We have been, uh, maybe in terms of uh, mock boards, been linked to maybe uh, Calvin Harris, uh, who's a uh, not the DJ or the musical <laughs> artist, but <laughs> literally what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the collegiate player who uh, is probably one of the. Uh, better forwards slash midfielders in the draft. And so that would be an interesting uh, way to go. Or we could go with a center back or we could go with a goalkeeper. I mean, there are a lot of ways that we could go about this. Uh, or there could also, yeah, I mean, really, uh, I think with most of these drafts, which let's be honest, not a whole lot of people care about the MLS Super Draft anymore, but, uh, you know, because past probably 10 or so picks, the drop-off is pretty 
pretty large usually, but because uh, a lot of teams, they already kind of, yeah, I think they sign up the uh, the very uh, promising players that are in and around uh, their area. So, you know, that's not something that uh, kind of gets left uh, all around for, you know, every team uh, usually. So I think, though, uh, for me, you know, MLS Super Draft, uh, it's kind of lost its luster in a lot of ways. But how do you feel? Pretty much. I mean, like, you know, I... In other in other like, like leagues with the draft or whatever, you at least have a pretty solid idea of the talent. I mean, I guess if you follow the college game closely, you would, um, but I don't. So you know, I'm not going to pretend to say you know I'm looking forward to them drafting this player or that player or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it can at uh, United identify a talent that maybe uh, slips through the cracks. But as you mentioned, that's happening less and less now with uh, MLS teams. You know, having fully developed academies and uh signing talented players in the area and so on so you know it's just like i'm sure they'll draft somebody we'll get like a really solid profile on them or whatever and then it's just a matter of we'll see so yeah I'm, but i'm pretty i'm pretty nonchalant about it myself yeah because i mean okay going through our our super draft history uh, of course miles robinson that's a hit uh Jul- julian gressel that's a hit uh, John Gressel came, or John Gressel, John Gallagher came good uh, after you know a lone spell at Aberdeen and uh, showing out for the twos a little bit. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, some of the other ones, Gordon Wilds, Ollie Shannon, uh, you know, some of the recent ones as well. Not so much that uh, yeah, they pretty much been let go fairly soon. Uh, you know, the likes of Amir Bashti, like, had a role with uh, LA United 2 last year, but uh, he, you know, a couple times was dropped from LA United 2. Anderson Asiedu with, uh, you know, his age, uh, you know, maybe being the concern in terms of what's his real age probably was uh, the reason why he was let go. That's speculation, so don't quote me on that. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those where recently it's been a lot of miss i would say in terms of super draft and even though we have a high pick yeah it really is uh well we'll see we'll see but uh rest assured we will definitely have the coverage on our social media and we will go in depth on next week's pod on those players but uh let's move on to more mls things in terms of uh what the league's doing Commissioner Don Garber wrote a letter to the fans, and I won't read the whole thing because it's pretty long, but uh, he pretty much, to sum it up, uh, was pretty much kind of uh, kind of appealing to the fans and pretty much trying to say that MLSPA, the ball is in their court to uh, you know kind of finish the negotiations, but MLSPA... They wrote something back pretty spicy on Twitter. They wrote, at us next time. And wow, there's uh, definitely, I think that shows the divide right now that's currently between the two sides in terms of the league and the Players Association. But uh, yeah, I mean, it probably seems like they're not close. What do you think? I think Don Garber is a self-serving salesman. Like I, because uh, <laughs> I saw the letter. I was How's like, that okay, for alliteration, man? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I know. I mean, when um, as soon as you retweeted it, I I, I pulled up the letter and I read it, and because you know I was like, there has to be a reason, like uh, right away. You know what I mean? Like Don Garber is releasing a letter or whatever to the fans. Like there has to be a reason why. And then it's not until what maybe five or six paragraphs into it that we really get to the heart of, I guess it's pretty much the lead you know what i mean like that's the whole point of the letter is hey mlspa we've we've put together this very good offer this very fair offer you need to um he's basically saying they need to accept their proposal like there's not he's not even like talking about in terms of negotiation he's like oh come on let's uh let's push this through so that we can have a season for the fans or whatever look man leave us out of your negotiations okay like these are pure these, like, I understand why they have to happen, right? And even though, and I'll say it again here, as I did last week, they're back at the table because of the owners. They're back at the table because the league enforced the uh, force majeure clause, and the players are already unhappy about that. The players were unhappy last season when MLS threatened the lockout early in the pandemic. I mean, you know... <sighs> Or what, I'm not. I'm not sure if it was. I think that might have been. It was right before, before but the still. Pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. When they were negotiating this shit last year, I mean, it just. Yeah. It's typical. It's typical. And actually, I'm gonna read something from. Uh, I think Mickey Turner is that how you say his name? Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, he, it, he had a whole thread which I think is worth reading. But the, the one tweet, I can't help but marvel at the complete turnaround in CBA negotiating strategy by MLS by airing this in public, to presumably apply pressure to MLSPA. I'm also not sure this will have the intended effect given the makeup of the fan base. I think he's completely spot on because I read the first four or five replies to Don Garber's tweet, tweeting out the letter. And you know what they were about? Sinclair. Like there's a Mm. lot of MLS fans that can't even watch their MLS team without getting a capable package or finding a workaround. And I am one of those people. I cannot watch Atlanta United. If the season started today, I don't know how I would watch those games. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, like, it's this letter sums up, like, everything I feel about Don Garber. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have no, I have no love for this. I, yeah, that's I, fair. I, I, don't, I don't care about, you know, I, I care about the negotiations in the sense that I, I do want the players to get a fair shake. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where if the owners make this difficult and the players are, you know, feeling like, Hey, we've already given a lot and you're asking us to give more completely understand where they're coming from. So it's just, it's tactics. It's pure tactics to me. And quite frankly, it's transparent. That's fair. I mean, that's, uh, I I think though, uh, from the MLS PA side as well, uh, you know, they're not winning a lot of favors either with uh, the behavior on Twitter. Both sides are pretty much very culpable in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, they're airing dirty laundry when they could just be at the table together talking about it uh, versus, you know, trying to he said, she said type of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, we shall see how that goes. But uh, right now, yeah, we're just hoping... They could just get it settled. Like, just just go into a Zoom conference, you know, meeting and suss this out. We don't care enough to, you know, want to see you guys, like, bicker on Twitter. As entertaining as it may be, uh, it's still. But uh, anyway, let's move on from that. And Joseph Martinez was uh, seen recently not only with a man bun, but 
uh, in the new Atlanta United training kit, confirming some of those things that we have seen, uh, and plus the fact that he's in training. My God, it's uh, such a good sight to see. He's kicking a ball uh, with other players, presumably, probably, but, you know, that's uh, definitely, I think, just, uh, you know, we are waiting just what he can, you know, bring back to the, the squad, but we also need to know that even if he is ready, there are a lot of, uh, you know, kind of things that you have to kind of uh, navigate in terms of uh, that kind of injury road after an ACL injury. Uh, I think if anyone watched the Hector Bellerin uh, documentary pretty much about his ACL tear and the rehab that he had to go through to come back, it, I think, is I think something that is a must-watch. If you're not an Arsenal fan even, it's something that I think will pertain to Jose Martinez as well because there will be things in terms of other little niggles that he will accrue uh, after getting back. He will not essentially get back to, I think, even as superhuman as Joseph is, to his heights uh, until maybe a year, a year and a half later. And that's, of course, not what anybody yeah. wants to hear. But uh, there will always be something uh, in that kind of year after the ACL. So it is, in that sense, getting Alessandro Lopez pretty wise, maybe, uh, to have that experience in the squad. But anyway, what are yeah. your thoughts on any of the stuff that I just said? No, completely agree, especially that last point. Um, I've always, uh, I think it's athletes who came back from uh, ACL tears in other sports, I've heard them say, yeah, it takes about, you know, a year later until I'm, you know, they feel really comfortable with the knee. Um, you know, they trust it again and whatnot, and they're back to full strength. Because, uh, you know, part of all that time that, uh, you know, they're recovering from surgery and so on, a lot of muscle is lost. I mean, we saw that. Um, and then especially with a sport like soccer, you know, the sharpness matters as well. And so um, I think it's fair to lower our expectations of Joseph this season, not expecting, certainly not expecting to be the, not expect him to be the old Joseph, you know, mm -hmm. um, there probably will have to be a managing of minutes as well. And uh, so, yeah, in that regard in particular, I think the Lissandro Lopez signing makes a lot of sense. Hopefully he um, can provide the minutes. You know, hopefully he won't have to play too much, but uh, hopefully if and when he signs, he's able to provide um, able able to provide starts uh, here and there because I do think that Joseph will need... His minutes will have to be managed carefully, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So uh, let's move on and sort of related because of uh, training kits and new... Uh, merch essentially there's a new LA United anthem jacket that has some red lines that are very similar to the leaked primary kit so uh, yeah I mean I think that pretty much I think pretty much solidify uh, from a very I think uh, you know solid source in footy headlines anyway that it's going to look fairly similar in terms of those lines or stripes or, you know, whatever anybody's going to call them now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this one kind of harkens back a little bit to the first year, 2017 Anthem Jacket as well, that uh, has that red bottom a little bit. But uh, either way, it's a fresh-looking jacket too. The, the gold collar as well. It's something that, uh, yeah... 
I mean, a lot of people were, were shitting on the uh, primary kit leak, but uh, is it warming up on you or not? Um, I still don't know about that primary kit, but I do like the jacket a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I do. I yeah, like the I, I think the gold sleeves um, or the gold stripes down the sleeve in particular look pretty good uh, against the black. Um, the red zipper is a nice touch. That is a fresh. That actually is a fresh jacket. I completely agree. Yeah, and do note that there's also like these. Uh, on all of these, uh, I think maybe on yours too, uh, the training kit that you're wearing maybe right now, uh, or maybe that's just this year's, there's some like ghost gold lines on the sleeves as well, and some of these other ones will have some ghost, uh, yeah, maybe not that one, but uh, some ghost uh, red lines on the other one. So it's just, yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure what that's all about, but because um, that's the only part that... I'm like a little mm, on, uh, but you know, it's uh, not going to be seen that much. So not that big of a deal, I guess, but um, either way, yeah, let us know in the comments below how you feel about this, uh, this Anthem jacket and what it might solidify as the primary kit. But anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, Fortnite. Pretty much, uh, Pretty much collabing with not only MLS, but teams from around the world. But Atlanta United are one of 23 clubs worldwide with a custom skin on Fortnite. And uh, yeah, you pretty much see, yeah, it's like this pretty dope kit that the uh, the characters in the, the game would be wearing uh, that you can download, I believe, <coughs> Maybe this weekend, I believe. Uh, it's like the 23rd or something like that. There's also uh, some Atlanta United games or something like that that some influencers and some uh, players from Atlanta United also will be playing. So, yeah, all in all, I think good for the kids that play Fortnite or the adults that play Fortnite as well. But, um, yeah, what, what do you think of that kit, though? I mean, it <laughs> it's like uh, something that People would actually want, I think, you know, if that was actually a kit, because there's like a collar. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than, uh, you know, uh, what our 2017 kit is, but a little similar. And so, you know, it's uh, it's something that, yes, no. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'd say yes for me. I mean, I think um, I think we've seen a spin on this, like in terms of like clubs that have the stripe uh, pattern primary. There are some years where, you know, they change it up a little bit. And I think I've definitely seen that look in other clubs. I'm thinking, I know we've mentioned Barcelona before. I'm pretty sure Milan has done something like this in the past as well. I'd be into it, you know. I think, um, yeah, I think you've got to be, especially when you have the, like, the stripe pattern normally, I think you have to be creative with it. So mm -hmm. I, I do like that, though. I would I would get that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I personally like callers. Um, I'm even wearing a collar right now mark can't see me but whatever uh <laughs> i'm wearing the uh an arsenal kit that has a collar so it's it's one of those yeah i mean you know i'm not opposed to it if it looks good and so uh you know hopefully uh hopefully the adidas makers kind of get some inspiration from this and learn something but uh anyway so the last bit of news is that mercedes-benz stadium has partnered with the fulton county board of health to be a distribution center for the COVID-19 vaccine. 
And all I have to say is just I'm applauding that because, yeah, we need uh, we need all this vaccine rollout as soon as possible. Um, and the more of us that can get it, we can get back to normal reality and get back to watching games inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium instead of just vaccine rollouts. But anyway... That's our last bit of news in pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, how do you feel about the potential international spot being used on Lissandra Lopez? We talked about it in depth throughout the episode, but we want to know your thoughts on it in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.